That's right. That's all right. That's all right. We are going to take it. That's all right. Thank you so much. What time is it there? Okay, 8 p.m. Okay, so you're, we're, okay. All right, so it's 9 o'clock here and it's 8 p.m. there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sticking with it. <laughs> Right. So you have to use your skills, right? You have to. So breath. I I, I always go to breath. Um, one of Angie's comedic yoga classes. She talked about at the end of the day. That's such, we, we talked about. We talked about it. it's such a gift because you can if you can remember, if you can keep your wits about you, you can remember that. OK, what can I do in this moment? I can take a, a breath that signals to my nervous system that we're not in threat of life. Um, so. You got it. I don't like to be late for things. I don't like uh, to disappoint people. I like have people waiting on me. So I was like, oh no, what am I gonna do? I literally just connected to a VPN that my boyfriend has and that's why it works. So yeah. So I love what you said. And, and Melody, I just want to do a brief before we jump into it, because what you just said is so real. I think we're going to stick with what just happened. If you can just, your, your name is Melody. Yes. Okay. And if you can tell us where you are and how you found Afro yoga. So my name is Melody. I'm in Africa, 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 Africa. Um, I've been living here for four years now. Uh, I just had my four-year Abu Dhabi anniversary. Um, I love that. Yes. And um, I found out about Afro yoga um, randomly, actually. Um, yeah, I, I joined Angie's mentorship program, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, since then, I just kind of been connected with everything that she does. I'm super inspired by her and um, just how many people she's been able to empower, um, including myself. So, wow. Now, before Abu Dhabi, and or what what got you to Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Um, so a couple things. One, I I've always been just kind of an adventurous person by nature. So um, travel has always been a part of my life mostly in the states so i traveled a lot around the u.s um especially in college i would like take a lot of trips with my with uh, some of my closest friends um so i always had kind of that adventurous spirit um so that was definitely one component and another big part of it was i actually moved a lot um as a child and mm. a lot was kind of very aggressive to me like it, it wasn't really by choice in some instances and I think that being in those situations kind of gave me a little bit of an outlook to um try new things a little bit so um yeah I, I basically was in this place where I was unhappy with my job and then that kind of led me to kind of explore opportunities everywhere everywhere um, <laughs> i love yeah. that not not opportunities where i was everywhere yeah um and the, the craziest part about like how i actually got here is i um had graduated from grad school and i had decided like when i graduated that i was only going to apply for jobs in certain places places where it was warm and places that were close to family so like i'm from florida i didn't want to go anywhere that was cold so like the northeast was completely off the map didn't even look at that um nothing and then i ended up going to atlanta where uh my brother lives and then worked, lived, lived with him and worked there for a little while but i was super unhappy like i was really mm. close to family that was great but i but I wasn't happy because I had kind of like limited myself to a couple select things. And then when I kind of was like, well, maybe I need to be more open. Maybe I need to just look into to other options. So I really started applying everywhere and I stumbled upon. Um, so as a behavior analyst, I work um, with a lot of kids. 
and I stumbled upon um, a center that specializes in behavior therapy that's actually based in, in the Northeast in Boston. Um, and they have a partner center in the UAE. They, they also do work out here. So I ended up kind of just um, going there. So it's just crazy because I ended up having to live in the Northeast for a little right. while. Right, right. Yeah, and then from there I moved here. Um, yeah, so it was it was just crazy because like it wasn't what I wanted to do. I had literally um, decided that I wasn't going to do that. And then that was the situation that actually like brought me to living out here this long. Wow. So you said you're from Florida. And now yeah. you've been four years in Abu Dhabi. And you left on your own. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love I love for everybody who's going to hear that. I love for everybody who's going to hear that you set a criteria. You set a criteria. You have a job that allows you. We're going to talk about that. Behavior analyst. You have a job that allows you. That's just a skill you can do anywhere. But you set this criteria. And you end up. The place that you say, I don't want to go, ends up leading you to a wonderful place. And I just think that, and that you were willing to say yes to what you didn't want. Did you know at the time it had that program that would get you to Abu Dhabi when you, when you took it? Did you know? And was that your intention? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, didn't even, it wasn't a smooth process. Like there were kinks in there. I ended sure. up staying um, in Boston a lot, a lot longer than I thought I would. Um, I was miserable. It was the worst winter of my life. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I was like shoveling snow. I was all by myself. Like I was homesick. I had days like you know, why am I doing this again? Like why? Why did I agree to come here? <laughs> Wow. 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 I think um, where you're talking about a job, but I think so many of us, that could be a relationship. <laughs> that could be, that could be, um, you know, where we're currently living. That could be a family dynamic that we find ourselves in. Um, so I know that when I looked at the notes, there's mention about false narratives and wellness industry and how to redefine well-being um be, how it looks and feels and so at that time what were your wellness practices so as a behavior analyst um you had some tools right it's kind of like you you have a ground of foundation to pull from but what were you using at those times um at that time um so i was a behavior analyst but um I didn't have a consistent wellness practice. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't practicing yoga regularly at that time. Um, I didn't have like a go-to technique. Um, despite having all these tools, as you say, like I, I more so like had the idea that like this, this is my job. This is what I do for other people. Like this is, um, you know, of course, like, I know um, the science behind what I do, and I've learned a lot of good information. But when it comes to your own life, um, it's just a different experience. It like, is. Yeah. It is. It, it's like, it is. <laughs> it very much is. Yeah. So can when you talk a little bit more? So when I'm hearing... You joined the mentorship program and for those of you who are familiar with it. And for those of you who don't know, Angie has a mentorship program where she walks you through taking a practice or a business of wellness and then expanding that. So where were you at the moment you said, this is for me? What did life look like? What had you been doing? Yeah, so I had been here. Um, I had been in Abu Dhabi. And so my move to Abu Dhabi was like one um, major transition growth period in my life. But then I've had so many other ones during the time that I've lived here. 
Um, some of them have been like amazing. I've, I've traveled a lot. Um, I've learned to work among many different cultures. I've met people from places that I never thought I would meet before. So I, I had a lot of that like really amazing experience that has really changed me as a person. But then I've also had like a lot of challenges. Um, you do face um, many, many challenges being here, um, especially like I can speak to UAE specifically. It's a very, um, people move in and out of here a lot. Um, and your your job is a huge component of um, your life here. I mean, for everyone, because that's what we're doing most hours of the day is we're working at our job. But um, here, especially, um, your job can really make or break your experience abroad. So when I came to Angie, I was like in this really tricky situation with work. Um, I didn't know if I was going to have to leave the UAE and come back home. I was really struggling like with what I was going to do. Um, I knew I wanted to teach yoga, but hadn't how I was struggling with self-doubt, um, major, major imposter syndrome, like um, to the point where like, I really like believed like I um, I don't know I just feel like it's one thing to have imposter syndrome but then it's another thing to like really really like to believe that you don't know what you know and you don't like kind of like an embodiment of this um, like hat that you wear almost mm. um, I struggled so much like at, at the beginning of Angie's um, program um, and so I found out about her and then I was like let me just try this um, it was great um, especially because I went into it thinking like okay she's gonna tell me everything that I need that I need to know how to do like she's gonna like give me a map like um, point A to point B and she did um, but the beginning part of that was really like just just become still like just become clear like take a moment to figure out what you want like to, to to really open your eyes and ask yourself questions um which the biggest like the biggest uh help to me yeah a little more than you bargained for at that point <laughs> yeah 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 in a good in a in the best of ways in the best of ways um, so you get this opportunity to sit with yourself and find some clarity. Um, had you already completed teacher yoga training? Were you already certified? Yeah. Okay. So, you so were... I, have, I have gotten the training. Uh, I have gotten my teacher training a, a while before I joined her mentorship program. And, um, but I just was not confident like to teach, um, and that it's not even just because of yoga, like that shows up in so many different areas of my life. Like I'm one of those people that like, I'll go do all these trainings and I'm like, you know, let me learn from people and let me do this. But then I struggle with actually like applying it because then I'll have just this block of yeah. um, like really just not believing in myself mm -hmm. is down to like not believing in my capabilities. Um, not like trusting, um, being scared to take risks in that way. So like, it's crazy because like, when I talk to people, a lot of people are like, well, you moved, you moved across the world. Like, um, how are you struggling with these types of things so much? Um, and it's just, I think just the history, mm -hmm. like there's certain when it comes to like things that are like for my personal growth and, and personal development, um, it, I find it harder sometimes mm -hmm. because I've been strongly attached to like certain certain narratives about myself or certain ideas. Um, and then even within like my job, um, I'm privileged and fortunate enough to have had like a pretty laid out path. Like my education kind of led me to my job. Um, and things like that. But then after, you know, when you take away all of that, it's like mm. kind of working like my creative side. Yeah. And like, it's like what, um, 
what just comes to me. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was my biggest, biggest thing, I think. I really appreciate you verbalizing what all of us are just sitting here and nodding our head to. I really, um, I really, really appreciate your transparency and your willingness to share that about that piece of your journey. And sometimes that's ongoing. Um, I definitely can relate. Um, and when I heard you talking, what came to my mind was that I have a very big muscle when it comes for others and jobs and you tell me the job duties, I figure them out, and then I knock them out of the park. I'll probably do them better than the person who did it before me. Um, but when it comes to showing up as Nicole, no framework, no structure, you get to do whatever you want. I think people hear that and think, yes, I get to do whatever I want. And I'm like, there are so many things I could do. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. like, you know, like there's so many things I could do. There's, there's this, and I want the people to get that. And I, when they leave my class, I want them to feel this way. And I want to make sure it's a value. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't set the live. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't set the class. I don't, I don't do those things. So, um, I think, I think it's just one of the things, like, especially that you talked about, like, because like, if I'm given a framework, it's like everything's laid out for you. You you know what to do. And then if you're so used to constantly following a framework, which I think a lot of people are, you know, you have a framework for your job. You have a framework when you go to school. Yes. Um, you know, and what, but when it comes to, you know, things that you actually want to do, um, people have a more difficult time with that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I always think about is like, I, re- I remember being a, a psychology major in um, undergrad and uh, people, a lot of people like would ask like, uh, well, what are you going to do with that? Or like what, um, like questions like that. And I feel like people who major like art or music, um, I think now people are starting to shift their opinion about that. Mm-hmm. But I, it's because we're given these frameworks mm-hmm. of what or what um, what it means to you know what kind of path you're supposed to follow if you're going to be a, a successful person, which I think is starting to change. Now, like I said, but. I do. I do think it's starting to change, and that's kind of ties into the false narratives in wellness that it has to look a certain way, it has to it has to feel a certain way. Um, so what has been your experience? Uh, you ha- had a passion. You, even though, like you said, I was probably coming to the mentorship to get the framework to A to B. And if I do B to C, I will get this outcome. Great place to start. But then you get an opportunity to sit with yourself, get some clarity about what it means for you, you know, to show up as you, not to show up and be performative or look what it looks like. Um, and you know, Angie's no holds bar. She's like, I don't want you to look like anybody else. <laughs> if you look like somebody else, Angie's gonna be like, no. What's, what happened? What's going on here? So what were you seeing? Um, and then, you know, when we talk about the false narratives in wellness, how do you relate to that? How do you relate to that? Cause just like in mental health, there's this false narrative. Oh, you get this degree, you go off to do this. How, how do you how do you then look at the wellness industry um, as a woman of color? Yeah, I'm. Um, I think one like for sure, wellness is for white people. That is like what it's marketed. Like just period. Um, now we're starting to have more conversations about these things, right? But um, I've always felt that way, and yeah. I. Like all of a sudden, I feel I feel heard. I feel seen. I'm seeing that literally, like Black women across the world feel this exact same way. Like they're experiencing the same things at yoga studios yeah. with mental health therapists struggle, struggling to find a therapist that can relate to their experience. Yeah. Um, dealing with micro microaggressions in wellness spaces from from white women from white yoga teachers um and like i mean yoga is no different from 
anything else like like it, as far as like what you experience as a as a black person or a person of color in, in this world period like um what you experience at school what you experience at work what you experience in a yoga studio just because it's under the umbrella of wellness, wellness. and spirituality doesn't mean that like it's absence of, it's void of the racism. It's void of the judgment and the the negative, the, the exclusion, you know, the exclusion of it all. Like, yeah, you can get this degree, but don't come over here. You can go get yoga certified, but you can't come teach over here. Um, so your desire to to do something different what did you want to do with that? Did you look around and you you said, "Oh, I've had." Was it one experience? Was it what was it that you pushed yourself to say? Not only am I going to get certified in teaching, but I'm going to change how I show up for myself and for other people. Yeah, I think that's when I, that's exactly around the time that I found about, that I found out about Angie. I hadn't taken classes from a black another black yoga teacher before wow. um, is absurd like how can you be you know I'm doing something like for my well-being how is it that literally every yoga teacher that I've ever seen is a white woman and um, at that time I had found Angie I had started following other black yoga teachers like doing research and I was like I just and especially being out here because yeah. what's it like you know, there's tons of um, black expats out here. Right. Tons of, uh, nice black community. I wasn't going to, they, I wasn't seeing my friends in these yoga studios with me. Like, they weren't mm-hmm. practicing yoga. All of the yoga teachers are white. So I came into the program with the idea that I need to really create a community for black expats out here there isn't one i love that and it's interesting because i think when we hear the uae and we hear abu dhabi when you say all the yoga teachers are white it's like wow was that surprising to you was that it's not more diverse like you, it's the same there I guess that's the common theme we're seeing that it's it's the same that wellness that that concept of wellness is white yeah, yeah. Um, that's real if you go to yoga studios website here um, yeah you'll, you'll see white on the website um, despite the fact that India is a three hour flight from here Egypt is wow. a three hour flight Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's really sad. Like, you know, um, if you just think about the, like the implications of that, I feel like yeah. despite that, that, like even geographically, we're so close to yeah. like places that have deep um, origins and centuries. The of- face of it is white yeah that's that is that is what you're saying i mean three hours from yeah egypt and three hours from india and yet and still it's almost like showing up at somebody else's party and being like no this party's for me do you know what i mean it's like it's like yes i know that's where it originated but focus here focus here on me i'm gonna get right in between them and it's just you don't you don't say i go online you say Google it. No one now it's I'm tired of Zoom, which there's other platforms, but people are usually Zoom has become a verb. You know, it's become what people associate it with. So wow, that's that is intense. Uh the how do how are you? So then the question is, yes, we know that's what it is. That's why we show up to Afro Yoga because we we all feel that way. How have you redefined well? what well-being looks like and feels like for you? Um, I think one of the things that I'm 
that I've learned to let go of, especially with like my well-being practice, is one like the idea, the expectation about it, right? Like um, even even going to yoga to like get rid of your problems or whatever it is. I mean, that still could be a form of like avoidance or a form of really working on something that could be beneficial to you, which is, which is also yoga, right? Like it's not just um, poses and, you know, releasing stress on your mat. For sure. Um, I, I've been, I've done yoga before by myself and have been frustrated the whole time. Like, um, you know, maybe I had a frustrating, frustrating day at work or um, something happened that is really like heavy on my mind and then I'll go do yoga, but I'm not, I've learned to really just kind of sit with whatever is showing up for me that day and work through it. I, I can think about it while I'm practicing yoga, try to bring stillness, but it's, that's different from just being like, let me go do yoga to go like put all my stuff to the side. You know mm. what I mean? Which I think is a misconception about yoga, about about wellness in general. Like the point is not to like momentarily like just rid yourself of your of your problems. Like it's really about learning how to work with them and how to like sit with them. I love that. I love that. Is that something that uh, as are you teaching now? Are are you teaching? How are you? I teach. Um, I've been super busy. <laughs> like right now, I, I actually travel in the, um, between Abu Dhabi and Dubai. So I'm actually in Dubai right now. Wow. But I've just been busy. But so I, I was teaching weekly. So now I've been doing more pop up classes um, virtually and I'll teach them on Zoom. Um, but yeah, whenever I have a week schedule out, I'll kind of post it on my Instagram and I, I really try to focus on that as well. Right. I try to say that at the beginning of my classes, um, like it's, you know, what's, what are you feeling today? Like what, what happened today? Um, what, what is on your mind? Mm. Because I will come in automatically just with the idea that, this is my time, like whatever happened at work, I am like blocking that out. Like people really come in with that and they'll say it sometime or they'll, um, they'll express that. Like I'm here, like I'm here to relax. Like I'm here to like, you know, like these kind of things that we are trained to do, like my time for myself or my well being has to be separate from whatever mm. I'm difficult. I love what you just said because we, I know, and maybe you know, the more you do that, it's actually stacking that other stuff, right? The more you say, well, my well being doesn't include sitting with the things that frustrate me. Well being doesn't, I don't want to think about the things that, you know, maybe have that are my triggers or that cause my anxiety. This is my time. I'm going to come in. I'm going to, you know, I'm just not going to think about that. I'm going to just relax. And I think um, wanting to relax is very different than practicing something. Yeah. Like wanting to relax is drinking, leaving the house. Wanting to relax is very different than well-being. I want to focus on being well. So I love the differentiation that that you said, um, and yeah. then I go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I can't remember who you guys spoke to last time. I want to say she was in Switzerland, maybe. Um, but I remember you had mentioned like about like being curious about your experience, like instead of instead of um, you know blocking these things away or trying to push them away, like actually not even like investigating it, mm -hmm. you know, and really thinking about what, like what, what's, why is this there? And, you know, not, not in a way that's like trying to, trying to 
get answers to it because um, that's different and I think that could be um, not good to do as well but I think that really just kind of being curious about your experience asking questions learning how to be with it at the same time um, and then again not like relax not saying like I'm gonna relax or I'm gonna this is my time to relax versus saying like let me practice right like let me let me work on something actively versus mm-hmm. I'm just gonna like sleep this away or something yeah. in a safe place right so I'm sure as an instructor and myself too as a therapist what's so important is creating a safe place and to start off in having a, a class or space where the instructor looks like you sounds like you it's that sometimes automatically like allows people to maybe not have to walk away from, but to maybe be able to explore because then it's felt like if something comes up, you know, there's somebody here who maybe might understand. And I'm wondering how that impacts so many of us who are wanting wellness, who are wanting well-being, but then as things rise up, if you don't feel that the person is going to be able to handle, recognize, or respect what's coming up, then yeah, how can you really let go in that moment? Yeah. So then you're just doing it. You're just doing yoga, right? And then I feel like as long as I've been around Afro yoga and meeting the women and listening to the women, I find when I hear them say, it's better for me to do it at home. I think it's because then I can't, you know, I can, whatever comes up, I don't feel I have to limit, restrict, hide what that is. Um, but yet there's so much, there's so much that happens when we connect with each other in community and, you know, to have someone like you or, Angie walk up to us and correct us. It's you know, it's I've had her correct me. It's like it's so her touch is so powerful. It's like she's reading my mind. Like I'm totally insecure about this. I tease all the time that I have like done maybe two yoga classes, but we'll do these photo shoots. And Angie will be like, okay, go get here, in here, and then she'll come correct me. And it's almost I just feel so safe with her. And I feel it's okay to be vulnerable that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I think that maybe when we see, I'm so glad you took the program and you're showing up more because we need that. I know I need it. I need to know it's okay to not know. I, I was thinking about too, like if, if you're just practicing in a room um, and you know you don't feel seen, you don't feel heard, the yoga teacher doesn't look like you, and then let's say like you're you're doing that for a while. It almost I don't know, I feel like especially in a wellness practice, if your practice of wellness over and over becomes um, well every time my feelings are good are showing up or something's difficult showing up or I can't be myself or I'm not being as open as I would like to be, and you start doing that over and over, um in a yoga class, and the reason why you're doing that is because there's no representation in the classroom, and it's, it's just not a space that's meant for you. You can, it can just become routine that like this is my wellness, and then you never really develop a good wellness practice for yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's the important thing that I think Black women need to realize, mm. like potentially like really doing yourself a disservice and cause more harm um you know without knowing it because of course the responsibilities I, I I'm not blaming us of course um like this is the society that we are figuring out how to navigate all the time but um I I think that this is this is why black yoga teachers are needed because some women are in that space and don't even know that they're of thinking that this is what wellness is supposed to be when it could be so much more, so much better. I am like hands up. That was so eloquent. 
And I don't think I've, we've interviewed, we've talked to a lot of people. I don't think I've ever heard it explained so passionately that this is actually a disservice. That you're, you might have a wellness activity, but this really isn't not in your well-being. Because your being is your state of being. It's, it's, it's how you show up at any given time. It is what you're being. And so when we talk about wellness, are we taking care of the being that's doing the practice? So you mentioned earlier about not just an imposter syndrome, but like, no, I really... I really don't, I really was not able to, to go past because I, I didn't see the framework. And so that's what I'm hearing. Like I had a huge muscle in the realm of framework, but you know, my, my left arm was not as practiced in creating my own vision. Um, so how have you, how have you, how have you um, gotten more familiar with no structure, especially for black yoga teachers, there's no roadmap. So how, how, what are you doing now for yourself and has that changed? I, to be completely honest, like I am still learning this. Um, it's something that I still struggle with. Like I'll, I'll have my moments where if I can't see the path clearly, then um, I'll like forget about it. Like, <laughs> um, and but I've gotten so much better at it. I mm. think I've I think I'm now just able to kind of um say, well let's let's just try and see. Like Ooh. really kind of putting putting my like plan to the side and really just not being super, super structured. Like even even just a little bit. Like even if because um, I still do it. It's my nature, I think. And I think it's really when something's like nature for you, it's hard to let go of it. Mm -hmm. But what I've been practicing is just trying to think the opposite, like just for a second, like even if it's like just for like a small moment of like, what, well, what if I don't need a plan like right the second? Like what if, what if I can just like take one step and try something else? Um and that's helped me do a bunch of things. I was super nervous to teach virtually during um, COVID. I've, I've done that. Um, yes. I've been to start my own um, behavioral health business. I've just started the steps to do that. Okay. Um, very early stages, but things that I've been super, super afraid to do like for a very long time. And it's just been me finding small moments to just think differently and then just take an action like in that moment. I feel so when when you said it, I my whole nervous system went like, yeah. yeah. You said some very key takeaways, y'all. She's, you know, Melody just you just gave us a formula, which is curiosity, right? Curiosity and versus um taking identifying a lot of times we identify with it so then it, we become it and we it's not a conscious thing but we identify with it and we become it if you can use curiosity to wedge in between <laughs> the the stimulus and the, the thought the narrative and identify don't put that jacket on if you can for one second say what i wonder what else i could wear i wonder what else besides this i could wear and then you said what i do is i think the opposite. So it's like you really go to the, the polar other end and just say, so even you're giving your brain something to do because it has to think what would be the opposite of this. So now it's working and it likes you and it's like, oh, you gave me a task. And then you get like a break, right? Like you get a moment to collect yourself during the, the, the Google search for the opposite. And then you, like you also said, it's small moments. Small moments. And it, yeah, small. Like, and it's really hard to do. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I might be making it sound easy, but it, no, it yeah, yeah. Um, it's just really difficult. Like, there's certain things that I have like for so long just told myself, um, 
that I couldn't do, um, you know, everywhere, like uh, at work, um, constantly kind of not allowing myself to do as much as I, as I, as I really could kind of like, you know, that, just the imposter syndrome again, like really thinking that um, I'm not capable of doing certain things. And once you take a step, I think that's the best thing. Like, I think once I did one thing, it was easier for me to do another thing. Mm. Small actions. I love it. Yeah. And then now I think I'm finally just now starting to get to the place where I'm seeing that I'm trying a couple things and it's not as bad, you know, and I'm not as afraid to try new, new things each time. I love that. I, I absolutely love that because I hear this is where I am. I am where I am. I've tried some things and it's gone. And I almost hear it's very neutral when you you talk about how it's gone because they're not always going to go well, right? So what happens when we get curious, we try, we take an action and it goes bad. You know, we have to have something that says, but you tried or but but now you know. Now you know that two steps forward and the left is probably not as <laughs> beneficial. So, and I, I really appreciate you saying, I may be able to verbalize my process, but it's not easy. I really want everybody to hear that because I did that. Yes, I'm talking to you right now and I'm verbalizing it. And it sounds like in the moment I'm just flowing and, but it's not easy. Because it's almost like a wall comes up, right? A wave of emotions and thoughts start to come up. And um, I want to... Like, I'm one of those people, like, if I think about one thing that is really hard, everything else that is wrong about that will just start coming up. And, yeah. You know, and you're not one of it's not just you it's that's how your brain works right so if you if you if you touch this guy we tend to think the thumb is not going to be affected but your brain is not like that if you if you jingle this guy the whole hand <laughs> the whole hand is going to start going because it thinks oh okay well this is what we have to pay attention to and so i i mean i i hope everybody takes away that it's not that's not how you are per se as much as that's how our brain works. And so when we start to learn that it's not a personal flaw, right? That this isn't, this is not something I should control better. This is something I'm under, I'm now coming to understand. And we're, we're just now understanding more about the brain. And we were not taught that. We really were taught when you see a problem, it's your job to find the solution. And if you can't find the solution, if you can't find the answer, then you're failing at life or you're going to get a bad grade. So our mind is so attuned to looking for problems that are, we're just constantly always looking for problems. Um, and it's just, I wish, this, I hope we as a, as a human culture and community can evolve past that because ultimately you have, um, children in kindergarten, first grade with anxiety. And it's, the, you know, it's really wired. I'm, um, even like, as you were saying that, I was thinking about um, how, the way that I talk about, like how I deal with my problems, like this literally just came to me right now, but even how our brain works, because even in the way that like I describe, um, like, well, this is how I do this. Or like, whenever this problem shows up, like, this is how I handle it. Like, that's just the way that I am. You know, I, um, you know, start racing my thoughts rather than really just, you know, recognizing um, it's not necessarily like me or, you know, or people, whatever it is that people say about themselves. Like, it really is just the way that, our brains that were designed and that's so hard to forget I think yeah because if it, it comes on like you said and it's like you said it's it felt like more than imposter syndrome it felt like no it was you know it's and that's 
that's the truth of it. And if you, that's why community is so important. That's why somebody's going to hear this and they're going to hear you and I talking and they're going to relate to you. And then it starts to feel like, oh, it's not just me. Oh, wow. That is, that's how the brain works. I thought this was something I needed to fix. I thought this was something that, you know, I have trauma about, which we can get, but no, your brain is like a Google search. The second you type in, I can't do this, your brain is going to pull up a thousand files and bits of information that show you all the places you haven't done it and shows you why you can't do it. So the fact that you found some way to be curious enough to ask the opposite, you literally tell, you are now directing the brain. So when you find those little moments to go, um, what did you say? What if, what if I just did this? What if I just did that? You are at the keyboard of your mind telling your mind, you will think a different thought. That's, and that's like, okay. And I know it, we're always, it's the emotion and feeling that we're feeling. It doesn't feel good in the moment. But I think you're noticing, like you said, when I get on the other side, because your brain, if you ask a better feeling question, your brain will give you better feeling results. I I promise y'all it will, it, it has to obey you. It has to, it cannot go against you. <laughs> it, it is an, it is an instrument. It is an organ. So if you can use your consciousness and I love what you said is that if I just, if I think of the opposite. And, and that's a quick thing you can do. You can just even ask yourself, what would be the opposite of this? And if you can just stay with it a little bit longer, you'll start, the brain will then bring results of what the opposite would be. And you said something so strong. You said, I have to believe, right? Yeah. I have to then believe, that's the bridge, right? Um, like how we were talking about um, how yoga is a practice and not just something do like even um like trying to think differently than you normally do is something you can practice like you can literally practice anything including thinking a certain way um which i think is something amazing that like we don't acknowledge about ourselves very often that we can actually do those things we can we actually can we can actually think a different way and it doesn't have to be a home run the first time you do it. Just give yourself credit for doing it, for even thinking to do it. Sometimes I'm, I'm three chapters in, and I'm like, I didn't even mean to read the, I didn't even mean to read this book. <laughs> but I'm like, oh well. I, now the now the thing is, I'm three chapters in. Put it down. Put it. Put it down. <laughs> put the book down. Stop reading it you know but then other stuff starts to kick in and your brain is just in the momentum so the second i can find a way to put the book down and say this i don't even need to read this book i'll three chapters in this is a story i don't want to read anymore okay and then you try to remember so where was i going with this right where was i going with this so like i need to finish this whole book yes yes like it's not an option to to put it down. If you don't want to read it, don't read it, right? Because we all come from a framework and structure that says when you start something, you finish it. You finish all your food, right? Like all these stories that we're told. Um, and so I, I think what I'm really really appreciative of how you're showing up today is your willingness to to be um, transparent and honest about what goes on in here and that. I think we're all we're all faced with those things. So it starts to normalize the conversation because I think you and I are in this. When people think mental health, they really think it's this big thing. Sometimes they think it's got to be all oh, behavioral health. Oh, we've got to be seeing these. But these are the and you said it. These are the small moments. And that you can practice thinking differently. And when you make it a practice, y'all, don't forget, attorneys practice law. Doctors practice medicine. So inherent in the word practices, no one ever gets it right. Like you're constant, it's a practice of something, right? It's not a, oh, I know what I know and now my life is good. No, it's a practice. You're practicing medicine. I'm practicing yoga because it's going to evolve and change 
as I evolve and change and grow. So I'm like so grateful that we were able, I got a lot from this. Me personally, how about you? to share your journey. conversations I think we should have like that's a that's a podcast because everything is like healing success abundance but what about normalizing (laughs) normalizing conversation let's pick a topic and let's normalize it yeah so thank you so much Melody it's an honor to meet you um I'm excited to stay in touch with you uh because Angie and I joke that when this is all done we want to go see everybody in person um so (laughs) we'll have to catch up with you wherever you are (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Melody. Thank you all for showing up. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, You can always reach us at Afro Yoga by Angie to find out more about Melody or any of the guests on the show. So thank you so much, Melody. Have a nice evening. (laughs) Thank you.